You are listening to Get With IT, a podcast by IT Ops Times. I'm Jacob Lukowitz, multimedia editor at IT Ops Times. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast episode. Today, we're going to be talking about the role of CNCF in shaping the future of generative AI, whether that's hardware optimization, infrastructure scalability, uh, or other methods. And we'll also talk about some of the notable projects um, under the CNCF umbrella as well as what's happening on the ground at AI Dev. So with me today is George Castro. He's the CNCF Developer Advocate. Hi, George. Welcome to the podcast, and thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. So to kick things off, uh, could you provide our listeners with a, a brief um, overview of uh, the, some of the things that the Cloud Native Computing Foundation is doing in the field of generative AI? Sure. So one of the um, movements, I guess, that have been happening over the course of the last 18 months is as organizations and user organizations have been uh, deploying AI uh, in production at scale Mm -hmm. is we're starting to see the community kind of starting to figure out what common patterns and primitives need to be brought back into Kubernetes core uh, mm-hmm. in order to be more amenable to those workloads. So if we think about uh, the first decade of Kubernetes, it was very much uh, around web applications and kind of traditional, you know, there's a front end and then there's a database kind of kind of workload and, mm-hmm. and scaling those out. And now as Kubernetes turns 10 next year, um, we, we're starting to see the inference has become the new web app, you know, and, and mm-hmm. Kubernetes core contributors and the community are starting to, have uh, the serious conversations about which of these primitives needs to come back and how can Kubernetes and the rest of cloud native uh, provide that scaffolding for uh, AI developers to build the applications that they want. Mm -hmm. So the big focus is on um, applying AI to uh, Kubernetes. And before we started the podcast, you mentioned before that there are some instances of that happening already. Yeah, so there are organizations already using Kubernetes uh, in production with AI. So mm-hmm. um, Bloomberg, CERN, OpenAI, NVIDIA, Adobe, Hugging Face, mm-hmm. a lot of them have built uh, you know, their infrastructure on top of Kubernetes uh, mm-hmm. for the scalability. And uh, everybody loves the, um, the API and the extensibility of the API. Mm-hmm. And now it's come to the point where what patterns and, and primitives can we provide out of the box in Kubernetes uh, to make those applications easier because we're always, Kubernetes has always been extensible, um, but how do we get it more of those batteries included out of the box primitives that make sense for everyone mm-hmm. in a sustainable way that um, can kind of help lead the innovation so that people can build what they actually want to build. Right. Yeah. For the longest time, it seems like, um, you know, people were saying that the biggest benefit of of moving on to Kubernetes or starting with Kubernetes is its scalability, but that it's it's difficult to manage. So is that uh, where AI sort of comes in to help that manageability aspect? Yeah, one of the interesting things about the AI workload is you have to be scalable just to, you know, just to execute basic functions. Um, mm-hmm. There is no, you have you have to have that level of scale to begin with in order for AI workloads to even work. So mm-hmm. organizations that have kind of leaned into that cloud native model, leaning forward in the saddle, already kind of have the infrastructure and primitives in place 
to to let them move faster than they would have if they wouldn't have it. Um, obviously, you still have to build a lot of stuff to, to make it all work. So at, at some point, when the tipping point becomes, when is it time to start bringing those primitives and those ideas into core in mm-hmm. a way that's sustainable, it, it, that um, can be consumable by the most amount of people possible, especially when you're balancing out the new requirements, which is hardware enablement, which is one mm-hmm. of the challenges before, you know, a, a typical Kubernetes node has generic instances, right? Now mm-hmm. they all kind of have to have a GPU or a TPU, or there's going to be all sorts of hardware uh, enablement that needs to happen. So scheduling that and and doing that dynamic resource allocation is one of the areas of hot discussion right now. I would say is the is the area where people are discussing where the changes and adaptations need to happen at the most mm-hmm. at the um, at the kind of cluster level. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. And of course, you're the keynote speaker um, for the AI Dev uh, event that's going on. Can you go a little bit? into about what you were talking there uh, talked about some of the points that i discussed but i've been attending some of the sessions mm-hmm. and one of the i'll just tell you some of the takeaways i'm taking away from this show is yeah. um there's a lot more people running this stuff in production than you'd think um you know sometimes it sounds like uh you read things where people are struggling and you know how do they get the stuff running and up and working mm-hmm. and things like that and those are certain problems that people have, but people are also moving very quickly and getting things into production and they're making do with what they have now. And um, for us, it, it becomes more about the, how do we make that more efficient in order to there's uh, for a Kubernetes, like cluster infrastructure nerds, there's a lots mm-hmm. of places where we still need to be more invisible than we currently are. Mm-hmm. And uh, app developers, we want them to, concentrate on building their AI applications and not have to deal uh, with the, with the cluster stuff. Um, so it's kind of, for me, it's kind of realigned and it's shown to me that people are, are, are putting things in production and they are, are not afraid to experiment mm-hmm. um, with, with getting the stuff out there and the rate of change, not just the software, but the hardware as well has been, uh, it continues to accelerate. You know, I mean, open source moves fast, and this is very, uh, very fast moving. So for for the first conference, uh, the amount of people, the affiliations of companies that are here, it's it's mm-hmm. all been kind of coalescing into like an initial, um, hey, here's where the flag is, right? This is mm-hmm. where we need to go. And right. uh, kind of having that checkpoint of where we are kind of leads us forward, having just finished KubeCon and CloudNativeCon, mm-hmm. having a checkpoint like this uh, kind of helps us prepare for things like Paris uh, in the next six months. And as, as the distributed nature of open source happens, I'm having these conferences where we can uh, speak at a higher level and a more higher bandwidth uh, is very useful. Yeah, of course. And and that'd be awesome to see where it goes uh, from there. Uh, Speaking of that, what, what developments or trends do you anticipate happening around the space? Yeah, I think we're going to see for the next 18 months as as Kubernetes is kind of in cloud native, it's kind of like the kernel. Mm-hmm. Um, and as those primitives start, start to land into place, you're going to start seeing the rest of the CNCF ecosystem, which is already happening. 
there's 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 174 projects in the cloud native landscape and all of them are finding their where they fit in this ai landscape mm-hmm. and how they can uh, tie in with integration points and things like that so i think we're going to see uh, an injection of new interest and people who want to work at the cluster level but we're also going to see people working above above that level and we're going to see applications that we haven't seen yet sitting on top of the cluster um and that's kind of the um, our job is to kind of make sure that that ground is fertile, so that when that new layer of applications on top of the kernel um, start to come, you know that they're healthy and sustainable, and that mm-hmm. the projects that they depend on that we're building it properly, uh, so that when organizations make those technical decisions, that you know they can feel confident that uh, it's going to be good stuff. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and communities play a vital role in the success of, of open source projects. So how is the CNCF and other organizations um, fostering that collaborative um, community around Kubernetes, generative AI? Yes, yeah, so it's actually it's a multi-organizational approach, you know, between the Py, PyTorch Foundation, LFAI, mm-hmm. uh, the CNCF, the Apache Foundations here with, with Cassandra. Um, uh, open source now we're 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 coming into its own right we're multi-general we're multi-generational now where mm-hmm. we've we've had a, a cycle of people uh, that have been around the block and kind of are, are lending their expertise and there are a lot of people here who are wearing multiple hats who might work for multiple foundations um, and work for multiple affiliations so i think you're seeing a a thread of ai that kind of tying together organizations that do work together regularly, but in a new, in a new manner that kind of mm-hmm. unlocks uh collaboration that we haven't really seen before. Um, because due to the nature of AI, it has to be done at a higher level, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it, it can't be one foundation or one organization. It's more of an industry kind of rallying around the th- things that need to get done uh, to, mm-hmm. to, to kind of unlock that innovation that people are looking for. And it starts yeah. from the bottom for us at the CNCF. It starts from the bottom up uh, with the with the tools mm-hmm. that uh, people are using in production today. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And like, what are some of the the key challenges and opportunities that you're seeing with this intersection of generative AI and and the CNCF and the, this this sort of cohort of organizations working together? Scalability of the people. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we're starting to see new interests. There's there's some students here I've been talking to, people just getting into the industry. We have people who've been around um, a while. And, you know, similarly to uh, how we do, how we do it in, in the rest of open source, onboarding new folks, mentorship programs, all of the kind of things that we do talk to about the technology a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, it's the people who build those technologies. And for us, you know, this is something I'm personally passionate about is ensuring that we uh, maintain those community structures, these safe places that people have where they can feel comfortable uh, coming in, participating, being able to express themselves, being able to use the technology, learn the technology, teach others. Um, So it's a we do talk about the technology a lot and how it's going to change everything. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's a um, anthropological problem of how do we deal with having people coming in with all sorts of different skill sets and experiences and how do we get them to tell their cloud native story and become a contributor and do what they want to do, which is build an app or, or participate and belong. Mm -hmm. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for your insight. Is there anything else that you'd like to to add that we haven't discussed as a, a key takeaway? Or- it's it's exciting stuff. I've been here one day and I feel like I could have I've crammed six months of stuff <laughs> in, in one day. I encourage right. your audience, check out the videos of 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 the talks that you're gonna see today. There's definitely lots of great stuff out there. It's all open source. It's really Greg grab what you want, dive in Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, help out. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. All right. Thank you for having me. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Be sure to check out all of our weekly episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform.